Beam saws offer one of the most efficient and accurate ways to cut large quantities of materials from wood to plastic pipe to fiberglass panels. If you run a small business that does a lot of cutting or just want to know how to optimize your cutting process, stay tuned. We have Dave Brown, a customer service expert from the original saw company, who will shed light on the benefits of beam saws and how they can improve productivity in businesses big and small. On this episode of Small Business Talks. Today, we have Dave Brown from the Original Saw Company. Dave is one of the customer service representatives at Original Saw. Dave, welcome again to the program. Thanks for having me, Neil. Good to see you again. You too. Today, we're going to talk about beam saws. And one of the things that I think people, I'm going to start out very simply ask you, what exactly is a beam saw and how is it different than, say, a radial arm saw or other saws that you know, a, a professional would use? Uh, beam saw, just a much larger platform. It's a four foot wide and nine foot long frame with the double column post and overhead beam. So uh, more rigid, not as much bounce or flex in the arm, and you get a much longer cross cut. You can get up to 62 inches of cross cut. Oh, that's a good size. Yeah. What kind of applications? We're, we, we talk to small businesses a lot. Now, one thing we always have to define is people say, well, we're, we're not a small business. The, the definition of a small business is 500 employees or less, technically. But we have a lot of companies that they're, you know, there may be 100 people, there may be 25 people. What applications would a would be usable for a beam saw? And what kind of businesses could benefit from using a beam saw? Um, like your sign, sign companies or um, manufactured homes, um, Anything breaking down sheet goods is where it really shines through, where you can break down that four by eight sheet into pieces and have that full cross cut. So Dave, what are some of the benefits that a small business would get by buying a beam saw in the production, in their production facility, in their production area? So you could increase productivity and efficiency of your workforce. I mean, um, instead of having somebody holding material and then operating a hand, a small handheld saw, you have a piece of equipment where you can put your sheet goods or your um, panels or extrusions, depending on what blade you got, and you can cut multiple pieces at one time. You bring up a good point, and that is the different types of blades. Maybe you might want to touch base that because people, I think, when they hear the word beam saw, they're thinking maybe just wood. And it can, I know it can do so much more. If you can maybe yeah. elaborate a little bit, what exactly can it cut and what is it most efficient in cutting? You bet. So it all depends on the tooling, the blade, whether you're cutting wood or plastic or cardboard, you probably use just a normal um, carbide tooth blade. And then there's different grind and different tooth um, materials that they use for those carbides where you cut aluminum, you could cut stainless steel, you could cut regular steel, um, uh, fiberglass, protrusion material, um, foam, insulated foam panels with metal skins. Um, it just, it really does depend on the tooling, the motor and the frame of the saw is going to hold up to anything. So it all depends on the tooling that you put on the blade, on the motor. Let's talk about the motor and let's talk about things. Cause one thing I know when we've talked in the past, I think it's really important that you don't just buy other people's stuff. You actually make a lot of the, the component. If you want to go into detail as to what you actually make at your facility or even down the road versus just buying things and kind of assembling it. It's you have a different approach on that. 
Yeah. So the motors are uh, laminations that we stack to the different heights for the different motors, whether it's a single phase or three phase or contractor motor up to the super duty motor that we put on the beam saw. Um, we stack those laminations and fasten them together with tie rods and they get welded and go off for machining process to get the ends all uh, straightened up, trued up and our mounting holes drilled into them. And then we bring them back in here and we hand wind the motors um, and all the assembly baked in here and insulation dipped to 450 degrees. And then we hand assemble them and um, press the rotors on the, or yeah, rotors on the shafts and um, test them on the bench. I think they all run for 35 minutes in a test and we check amp draw and power horsepower rating and the voltage draw. So everything, everything that we can do in-house, we do in-house. So when you say made in America, you're not joking. I mean, it literally, <laughs> yeah, from start to finish, is, you know, the majority of it's made right here, not only in America, but right in Iowa. Yeah. And it's and the same with all the, the big metal pieces. We don't do that in-house ourselves here. There's a uh, metal fabrication companies that we use here in North Iowa that laser cut and bend and powder coat our frames. And then we bring them in here for assembly in our facility. That's amazing. Yep. I think one of the things we'd like to talk about is if we talk about motors and we talk about the windings and things like that, what are the factors that people should consider in getting a beam saw? What should they be looking at? Um, well, number one is going to be what you have for power. Um, there, We do it in a single phase version, but we need to know the they're voltage specific. So you have three phase power. We need to know if it's 208, 230 or 460 volt. The next thing we need to know is the type of material that you're cutting, that we know what kind of tooling to put on the on the order. Um, and then the last thing would be your height and width of the material for how big of a blade and blade guard you need on the machine. What are the differences and what would what would why would a person choose one over the other? You bet. So we'd have a manual machine. All the base machine comes with a hand crank on it. So at about chin height at the top of that post, there's a hand crank assembly and you're going to crank the handle to traverse the carriage front and back. And that one can get a little stressful for operators. You're making a 60 inch cut. Every turn moves that, that carriage about three inches, three and a half inches. So you're going to have to turn that um, hand crank about 20 times to come all the way across. And then you're also going to turn it 20 times in reverse to take it back home to unload your material and put in a new piece. Where the power cross feed, it's kind of spendy, but it takes all that manual labor away from your operator and it's going to speed up production. You're going to get a much uh, nicer, truer cut because you don't have the jerky motion of somebody, you know, changing speed in the middle of the cut. You set that feed rate, you push a button and it comes forward and cuts and returns home at a precise speed. Hmm. So let's see, uh, ease of usability, uh, more accurate cut. Yeah, that might be worth a little bit of the investment. And I think that's, that's what most people look for is if there's a value add to it, is that yep. something to take a look at? And it's going to prolong the life of your tooling, your blades. I mean, if you're not forcing it in the material, you're not going to dole up those carbides as fast or gum it up and plug it up and ruin a blade or your material. Let's talk about maintaining your, your beam saw. What are, what are the do's and don'ts and how often should you be doing certain maintenance on a beam saw. Yeah. So it'll kind of depend on which beam saw you get. Um, the largest one we do, um, the 22 and a half inch that's built with a variable frequency drive for the electronics and it gets rid of the mechanical brake parts. It's all done with electronic DC injected 
electric to stop that motor, stop the blade. Um, on the 16 inch and the 20 inch, we use a mechanical brake, which is kind of like brake discs in a car, where it's a friction disc that's glued onto the back of the fan. And when you power the saw on, it um, electromagnet pulls a steel pad away from that brake disc and allows it to freewheel. And when you de-energize the saw, four springs push that brake right back up against it to stop the blade. So that, that's a maintenance thing to take care of. You're going to time your, your brake time every so often. Make sure you don't need to either adjust the brake or replace brake parts. So we have that part of the cleaning. What about, is are there like, is there areas you oil or do you oil the unit? No, um, you want it dry, clean and dry. So we either use brake cleaner or denatured alcohol, something to clean the rails where the dust and the metal chips, depending on what you're cutting, would stick to the rail. And you're just going to wipe that down with a clean rag after every shift and try to keep it clean. No oil. Oil will actually attract the dust and make it wear faster. That's good to know. I know you have a large range of beam saws. And maybe if you could walk through from the smallest to the largest and just kind of explain the differences and maybe why why one why a person would choose one over the other. You bet. Okay, so I guess the very beginning is if a person does not have three-phase power, we do build it in a single-phase version. And that's a five-horsepower single-phase. Um, the other way we can do that for single-phase customers is to put a, a larger VFD, something that's two and a half times the horsepower for startup. And then we could build it in a three-phase version, but you're only going to input your single-phase power to make it run on three. That VFD is going to create that third leg of power. After that, it goes by blade size. So there's a 16-inch version, 20-inch version, and a 22-and-a-half-inch version. So the 16s and the 20-inch, they're going to come with a standard magnetic starter, unless you wanted to upgrade to a VFD, where you get soft start and electronic braking. The 22-and-a-half-inch always has a VFD. Um, it would trip out if we do it with the mag starter. The end rush current is hard on the electrics with that big blade. Speaking of blades, and we talked just touch base on a little bit about the differences using it for the different materials. What are some of the different types of blades and what kind of applications would the blades be, be different? And maybe elaborate about the, the, the range that you have for the different types of materials. Yeah, kind of if if you can think about cutting it, we can do it on a saw. It does come down to the blade. We use three or four different custom blade manufacturers for us. So we stock wood cutting blades. Um, uh, we stock cross cutting and um, ripping blades with a more a higher tooth count. We stock non-ferrous cutting blades for cutting aluminum and brass. And then we have a new one that we stock that's uh, for cutting ferrous steel and stainless steel. Um, but we've also got custom quotes on diamond chip blades for cutting stone. Um, fiberglass protrusions for like walkways and catwalks. And it's kind of endless. If you can think of it, the, there's a blade manufacturer out there that'll make it for us. And you do help people selecting the right blade, I would imagine. Yeah, we got a video on the website. We kind of talk about how to choose your blade going into the same things we're talking about, what you're cutting, um, what your feed rate is, how many feet of it. And then um, if there's a question outside of that, you just call into our customer service and myself or Jamie will help you walk you through it, what blades we think you need. Now, you have an interesting approach of how you actually sell your units. You actually sell them online. Correct. 
So walk me through that process about how does it get to me? Do I, do I configure it online? Do I then buy it and it's then shipped to me? Just walk me through the process. You bet. If you go online, you can search whether you're cutting wood or metal. Um, you can search by the size of blade and it'll put you in that category of saws. And then there's a, we call it the cut process sheet. And it's going to ask you all the questions, what you have for power, what kind of material you're cutting, what size is this material? Um, what kind of options are you interested in? In and out feed tables, we make a line of accessories to help you support the material coming into the saw and going out of the saw. Um, so it can really walk, walk through the whole process. Yes. This, then this gets delivered to you. Yep. It all come in through our uh, website portal to our email and we see a, a quote request, or if a person knows exactly what they're getting, it just places the order right through the website. And then we enter it into our sales system here and get it on the production schedule. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a little bit of a different approach. Cause I know in the, in the old days it was sort of like, you know, you either had to wait for it to, to come through or you had to go yeah. to a dealer or you had to go to something. So this can become just right out of there and people can just contact you with support and things like that on, on the correct. Year. The website has cut down on a little bit of the phone traffic that we see uh, a lot, especially a lot of existing customers are used to using it or they know what they're after. So if they don't have to ask a question, they'll just jump on the website and go through that product and order what they're after and submit the order. And we see a, an email notification and it tells us there's an order in there and we get it entered right away. Wow. That's amazing. Tell us a little bit, for people that don't know who Original Saw is, uh, I, I know you, of course. And the thing always amazed me was that you are the only, uh, I don't know if people or, or listeners know this, but you are the only U.S. manufacturer of radial arm saws. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about the the original, the original saw story. You bet. So the boss's dad bought the patent from Lancaster Machinery in 1989 and moved the company from there here to Britt, Iowa. And they started producing saws in 1990 uh, under the original saw company, but it's the old DeWalt patent that we own. And we are, like you said, the last U.S. manufacturer of radial arm saws. That's good. That's one of the things we always try to stress on these podcasts is American made and that, yep. you know, support your support, the local vendor and support, you know, the people because we're all in it together. So yep. let's try to keep everything there. But it's not just that. It's also the quality. I mean, that's. I've seen the reviews on, on the products that you have, and I'm, I know I'm biased because because we're working together on, on this podcast. But just the amount of of uh, responses that I've seen and and the, re and the reaction people are very positive of what I've seen on something yeah. like. So, what I take, I've worked in some other um, career fields here. I used to work at a, a manufacturer for um, RVs, and there is not an assembly line here. We start with a frame and one guy builds that saw from start to end. People subassemble like the motor and get the arm ready and, and we'll clean up some the base casting and stuff like that. But one person puts his hand on everything for that whole saw. So when he's done building, it goes to another area and then another person QCs that work. So it's really attention to detail from the very beginning to the time it leaves the door. Everything's a, a, a human being touches this saw all day, every day. So you really should be calling it a bespoke um, <laughs> yeah. saw because that, yeah. that's amazing because we live in that in a world where just everything's just mass produced and so on. Like 
it's interesting to hear that i mean there's that much attention it's literally like like one little project at a time yeah basically built you know to the specifications of what the people have ordered and that's it's some of the models it's okay to stock because there's not a whole lot of options for them but especially like the beam saws and the metal cutting radial arm saws they're they're kind of custom built to order. I mean, there's so many different options you put on. So it's, it'd be hard to get one built ahead of time and have it stocked to sell somebody because it might not necessarily built for what he's doing for his application. So there's a lot of, a lot of things that you can customize to make them work specifically for what you're doing. So it sounds like there's a lot of options and ways you can customize this to your own needs. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what are some of the options available. Yeah. So um, most of the saws are built with open extrusion tabletop. We can add an insert kit. If you're cutting small things that will fall through the table and you don't want them to, we can add an insert kit to make that a solid tabletop. Um, we add dust collection underneath the saw where you can hook up multiple ports for um, dust collection coming down like a downdraft. Um, if you're cutting ferrous metals or, or I'm sorry, non-ferrous metals, you'd add mist coolant to it, um, a laser line indicator. Um, we've done some things with people for like security where they only want certain people to run the saw. So we can add a keypad access or a key locked e-stop. Um, we build our own electrics here also. So um, you can tie it in with a timer. So you know how many hours are on the machine. If you wanted to schedule maintenance by hours of use, um, just a lot of things that option wise, it could be custom for from one customer to the next. I mean, that's, those are things that would really help a, a business to be able to track and be able to control, have more control. And yep. really, it's not just the saw itself. I mean, all the things that you kind of bring to it yep. really would help a small business because they don't have, you know, all the programs to run everything. So you can actually kind of customize it to fit what your particular needs are. Yep. And like training somebody to use it is kind of a big thing in a lot of companies. You don't want people cutting something on it that it's not intended to cut. So that's why a lot of times that keypad or key lock goes in there where they don't want somebody coming over there. Maybe they got a specific tool that's only designed for cutting plastic and they don't want somebody coming over there trying to cut a piece of aluminum or a piece of steel that's going to destroy a five, $600 blade. Oh, that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a small business when the boss is out of the office, yep. no, no, that never happens. Yep. That I mean, that's important. And these are important things to bring out because- I'm sure a lot of people are sitting there going like, you know, why would we need a beam saw? You know, what are, what? and this is kind of showing that, you know, all of these things are part of, of, you know, selecting the beam saw. Correct. I think everything we've, we've gone through, I can't thank you enough because I think you've enlightened us a lot, not just what a beam saw is, but really walked us through all the different areas of it. So yeah. I'm going to give you the last minute, two minutes to the floor is yours. You bet. So if you do have questions, you need to get a hold of us. You can call us Monday through Friday. Um, we get here at 8 a.m. Central. Monday through Thursday, we're here till 4.30. Friday, we take off at 2.30. Um, you can call 641-843-3868, or you can shoot us an email. It's customerservice at originalsaw.com. We'd be happy to help you. And we'll put the website and the phone number also on in the show notes of the okay. podcast so people can be able to go to that. Okay. Dave, okay. thank you very much. This has been great. Good to talk with you again. You too, Neil. Great talking to you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Our mission is to bring information and insights to small businesses to help you succeed. We don't monetize our podcast with advertising and ask that if you like the podcast to please subscribe to our channel and tell a friend. If you have a question or an idea for a topic, please contact us at the email link in the show notes.